0: I'll be too nervous to. I'm probably lost for words.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words of Betting Podcast. I'm joined as ever by Jason Daniels. Jason, hello. Good evening, Tom. Good evening. Oh, and, how are you? Sorry. Yeah, no, I'm very well, thank you, mate.
2: Lost the script. <laughs> Lost the script and didn't
1: pre-record it, as I always say I should. Um, Bradley Todd. Brad, hello.
2: Good evening, gents. Uh,
1: yeah, well, I'm all the better for you two picking up the slack last week. Uh, first and second on the DP World Tour with Campillo winning in Kawamora in second. So well done yeah. both of you on that. Um, Brad I'm assuming you probably won more than Jorge Campeo did yesterday Bearing in mind you had first second and third so um, yeah yeah. he was uh, cruise control I would say I I didn't watch an awful lot of it but it was only really 12 Brad I think where he got himself into a bit of trouble Uh, he, he kept he kept having a couple of wary holes didn't he and then would mm. just scramble himself back back into it. Whereas I think it was twelve
2: where he or eleven, eleven where he actually made a bogey. I think it was eleven. Yeah, he had a he had a little <laughs> step up, but generally though he he was a, a safe pair of hands. Um, as you said, he scrambled excellently. Um, a few putts, like he had a bit of an open face, and he just early on, and you think, oh no, he's not capital. He's not going to capitalize, and then suddenly they just started to drop. Um, And yeah, super impressed and uh, shout out Kawamura as well, who was just a joy to watch, like had all the shots, uh, even topping off the tee at one point and then just playing an absolute blinder um, up into the green for an eagle. Uh, I just, I find him incredibly fun to watch and yeah, ended up being a brilliant, brilliant event and I wish they were all that easy.
1: (laughs) yeah no it, it would be nice if they were all that easy uh three spaniards and two japanese players in the top five um and then lucas nimeth just breaking up things in there in the middle whether that's anything to sort of think about for the future yeah. but think okay, the spanish spanish angle we mentioned it last definitely week. did yeah uh, um, and there's there's definitely something there wasn't there yeah absolutely and i think you know that i think brad sort of alluded to the fact that he thought japanese players may like it as well so yeah all in all good little coverage there Jason, come to you on famous Japanese Spaniard, say. So. Yeah, I know exactly. What a what a country that is, Japanese Spain. But um, Robert McIntyre, Jason, I'll talk to you about him a little bit. Uh, we had the conversation a bit about him, basically saying last week that if he was living up to his potential, he probably would have in the Players Championship rather than this event last week. Mm. Poor in the final round, wasn't he? Uh,
0: yeah, not doing it, is he? No. Not doing it, but. You know, I, I I wonder whether... I can't remember what the, the, the interview was. I wish you'd told me you were going to ask this and I would have found it. No, I can't. There's about whether much. he says his, his brain's got to, be, got to be in it and um, I don't know, maybe it'll just happen in a major. Um, something he really wants to win because I'm not sure. Uh, either he's trying too hard yeah. or he's not trying enough and I can't tell you which one it is because I don't know. Um, yeah. Don't know, don't know. It's weird. He should have. He should have been. He should have kicked on again now, and he he hasn't. And uh, you know, look, it happens, doesn't it? And he he may come back six months' time, a year's time, whatever. But at the moment, he's just really no better than. And and, uh, there's no decrying his ability. He's no better than somebody like Jordan Smith or or um, uh, Adrian Noose or or those that are disputing favourite this week. Yeah. Only twenty-five to one. That's that's where he is, you know, he would expect to be much better, and uh, yeah, he's not. So there
1: we are. No, I agree with that, and I think you know I spoke to you, Brad yesterday briefly about. I just wonder if it's the Rider Cup um, qualification getting to him a little bit again, and you know, as Jason always says, we can't really just try and get into their heads because we don't know. But no. it, it could def- if if it was to, if he was to have a bit of a struggling year again in terms of getting over the line and things like that I would probably start to attribute that to that because it would just feel like two times would be more than the coincidence
2: Mm -hmm. yeah i I agree with that i think he could be putting a little bit more pressure on himself um but again like yesterday he had a fantastic chance and he does need a result right now just to sort of put his name back into the mix and you could see how frustrated he was you know i think he slapped his leg at one point and uh yeah, it looked painful. Yeah, he's... <laughs> he's, he's he did, I heard the noises. Like, oh, Christ. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit worried for him. Um, obviously, there's such high expectations on his shoulders. And uh, he's not living up to them right now. But he's still got um a long way to go. The, and, the, uh, yeah.
1: There was a few times where he was unlucky, like a couple of putts where he could have made it. But I just... I, t- I was sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, like the commentary, like, oh, he's been so unlucky. That's been the story of his day when I was like, yeah, but mm. you also make your own luck and he's not at the moment. Um... So there, there was a bit of that. But we, we thought he'd sort of kicked on by winning the Italian Open and then didn't kick on again. It's just it's just one of those, isn't it? I, I can't work out if it's a, he's not quite as good as we want him to be or he's been mm-hmm. made out to be and it's just hard to live up to those expectations or yeah. he just struggles at the moment on Sunday. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it could be either or, couldn't it? Um, yeah. But you know yeah what? What? Sorry, you Sorry.
0: go, Jason. No, I was just going to say, you look at the number one in the world. I mean, we were talking about him struggling to get it done for yeah. a year, if yeah. not more. You know, although his stats, to be fair, are on a different level to McIntyre's, yeah? The promise was always there. But he wasn't getting it done. He could have easily been, uh, I don't know, pick a name, um, that, that, you know, doesn't quite get it done. Yeah. Um, and there he is with that. Well, we can't say that question, but winning whatever many he has in how many he's done it. Um, so I don't think McIntyre's you know, he's certainly not finished. Um, we'll see what he does. See what he does in the majors. I think. I think for me, that will be the um, that will be the measure. The the what he does in the opens. I think. As you know, I think that's his. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't say he's gonna he's gonna walk it or anything. But I think if he was to be put in another top ten, top twelve, then then we say okay. I think we've now worked him out. Um, he just needs not, a bigger test. All the
1: time, Maybe. Yeah we shall see we, we can only we can only hope i mean look, at the end of the day like it as much as it sounds like a criticism it is a criticism but it's not born out of like i want him to fail i, I very much want him to succeed yeah. and it's more just hoping for the best for him and hoping that yeah. you know he gets himself on that Ryder Cup team and becomes a really important asset because that's something that he definitely can have in the future um onto the players championship obviously just touched upon it there scotty scheffler uh unbelievable once again uh, he'll put it down to his faith, which is absolutely fine. Ted Scott, ever since he came on the bag, I, I saw earlier that he's made about 3.6 million since he joined with Scotty Scheffler, so I'm sure he is uh, happy with the move that he has made. But uh, yeah, like you say, it is amazing to see someone who, for a while, couldn't get it done, and then all of a sudden is the most prolific uh, in the world. Is I, I, You can't say unquestionably, because Rahm is close, and yeah. I guess Rory is close, but also, I, I would say that he's got that knack, Jason, that I like about a player. That because on Thursday he didn't like it, didn't look like he had his best. Like he was in the feature group with with they Rory did. Ram. Yeah, and like all three of them kind of looks a little bit lax. And I actually think the measure of those three is who can just get around in two under, and that happens to be Scheffler and Ram, and then Rory ejected. And I, I I think that's a completely different way of it, rather than focusing on who's the best of their best.
0: Do you know what? People were complaining that he didn't beat anyone because it it, it was boring. He didn't beat anyone. I mean, you've got to remember that the other two of the the leading three just didn't play. I mean, okay, Rahm apparently was was not right, but yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Um, Yeah, They just didn't play. Rory was moaning about the driver. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, looking at WRX articles, that Sheffield actually played with the same driver as McIlroy's moaning about. He so, did, oh,
1: yeah. He, he played ironic. He yeah. played with this Stealth 2 driver that Rory and Morocaro have got rid of. Um, Rory went back to, I don't know, Stealth 1 or whatever it Morocaro Morikara's gone back, I think, to a model even before that. Uh, how many times do you have to change it before you just realise it's actually just you? I mean, yeah. the, the, these yep. drivers are made... They're not worse. I mean, yeah, okay, you might get comfortable with one. Don't change it in the first place then. You, you, oh, earn, you earn enough money not to keep taking these ridiculous deals that force you to change clubs. I I, didn't, I just didn't
0: get, quite get what McElroy was on about. I don't know if it was pointed out by somebody particularly to, to get in that, but it was a short game that's destroying him. Hmm. Not his, you know, but clearly. I mean, I, I read the article and I actually had to report on it as well. Yeah. And I looked at it and went, okay, I understand he's a bit wayward, but then I went through... The PGA Tour um, shot link thing, yeah. And I thought, well, that's not bad, and that's not bad, and that's not bad. But it's psychological, in it. This is, I guess. Of
1: course, it is. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you don't have the confidence of the T then the domino effect is everything else struggles. But um, I, I wouldn't say that that was what held him back at Bay Hill the week before or whatever. So it's just, it, I, I just think at the moment he is very much. He went for that period where all his hero shots came off, Brad. Uh, Roy McRoy and, and he was in full flow and he was the world number one again. Uh and then very quickly Rahm and Scott Scheffler hit him back and suddenly the hero shots are not working again and you know he's going through a slightly rougher patch than them two. That's it. it I mean he, he nearly That's won good. at Bay Hill. It's not like he's he's struggling for form. He's just he didn't play well at players. I think he's pretty volatile that golf course anyway, even though he's won there. Um so it's not a massive surprise.
2: No, it's not. Look, like, Rory's got a lot on his shoulders right now, isn't he? He's, like, he's the face of golf, like with the PGA Tour. And there's just... I feel like he's... I don't know if he's handling the pressure all too well. I don't, because I mean, he's started talking absolute
1: shit as well. Yeah, like, he's, like, he's talking
2: like, out his arse. Yeah. Um, and But Scotty, you know, he's as level-headed as you like. Nothing fazes him. Um, and, yeah, incredibly impressive once again that, that's probably um, the
1: biggest plus for scotty is he doesn't ever get drawn into that sort of thing because he's not no. this kind of character and everyone says oh you know he you i can't take another scotty shepherd wings he's, he's not the character but he's not the character because he just concentrates on his golf and that's a great thing for him and it that's means exactly that it, he yeah. wins. um yeah. so yeah it's, it's interesting it's it's a great dynamic to have it's a good thing to have to three leading players they're, they're in a tier of their own at the moment Um, I would say that maybe it's because Sheffield and Rahm are pulling away from Rory a little bit as well in terms of consistency. Um, So so it's all to play for as we go into the first major of the year in, what, I don't know, less than a month now. So uh, Mm -hmm. all very exciting. But on to this week's golf then. We've got the SDC Championship in South Africa. Uh, We do not have TV coverage this week from Sky Sports, so there will have to be other Uh, avenues to try and find things this week. But Brad, talk to us about this week's venue and why you're excited to see it, if you can see it. Oh,
2: okay. So yeah, it will probably be on Supersport if you have access to that, South African channel. Um, South Africa have some amazing links courses like Humewood, uh, Pinnacle Point, Bosse links uh, to name a few, but uh, I do think St. Francis is probably the pick of the bunch. Uh, It was built into natural dunes, overlooking St. Francis Bay and the indian ocean uh, it's incredibly scenic uh, jack nicholas design i read that he said it is the best course he's ever seen and arguably one of the best courses he's ever designed uh, various challenges throughout short and long wide narrow uphill downhill uh, it's a course that sort of forces a player to get creative it will shoot a, um it would suit a shot maker uh, there's also a sand river that runs through the course, uh, which creates a water hazard on holes 13 to 15, which is unlike a traditional links. Um, it was also named South Africa's best golf course um, 2021, so yeah, I'm pumped to see it in action this week. It's uh, I will be I will be watching it. I will be finding a way to watch it because uh, yeah. A
1: beauty with, with all that it's quite surprising then that we haven't actually seen it on the dv world tour yet i mean we see it it's a fairly new course yeah 2007 uh, i think it, or 2006, yeah. it was kind of designed it's, it's it's featured on the the challenge tour and, and the sunshine tour as well uh regularly and as recently as uh november so there is plenty of kind of course form stuff to go by but yeah i mean the one i kind of looked at was humored was was the most recent because of nelson nelson mandela bay championship um didn't put too much stock into any other course except for trying to work out which this one was because i think it's slightly dangerous with the with the unknown um but yeah the shout out to steve Rawlings at pet fair because you said about the the quote there and and there was a video from jack nicholas on his preview that basically said um so basically, the reporter asked some question he said oh you said this was the best golf course you've ever designed and he said no i didn't i said it's the best golf course i've ever seen and that's even better um mm-hmm. whether There's a little bit of like, you know, he's just elaborating or exaggerating because it's a a course that he's recently involved in. I don't know. But ultimately, it looks like a nice golf course. It does look like a Lynx test. And it's, you know, it's in South Africa with a lot of home players in the mix. So definitely things to get excited about uh, and an event to look forward to, I think. So. Without further ado, looking at the odds: Antoine Rosner twenty-two to one, Jordan Smith twenty-five to one, with Jaden Shaper twenty-five to one as well. Adrian Alts twenty-eight to one, Julian Bruin and George Coetzee thirties. We'll start there. All three of us, Jaden Shaper uh, twenty-five to one, best price now. So, Jason, I'll let you lead us off with Shaper, and then we'll follow in if there's anything else to add.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I tossed that between Shaper and uh, one other that you've mentioned. Yeah. As um, to the best. I've got them both equal. I just think Shaper's got, obviously, massive improvement to come. Whereas the other, I think, is just brilliant to watch. And that uh, doesn't really bother whether he wins or not, to be honest <laughs> with you. So, um, I'll put Shaper in as the bet of the thing. Absolutely amazing amateur. We know South Africa produce stunning young players. We've had it every year, or every season, every generation. you have got people like Casey Jarvis, uh, Christian Mass, Christian Burke, that are, that are going to be the future South African. But... Shaper has finally um, produced in the form that we all thought he would do when he first came to, to uh, well, sort of even the minor golf news, to be honest with you. Um, first junior to achieve the Grand Slam in junior golf. I just won everything, basically, in junior golf and went back and won a year later. Um, Jarvis done the same thing, but um, I didn't like his price this week. Um, it's quite his false form. But anyway, I, story short. I think we saw him when he was six at the uh, South African Open a few years ago. Um, I think he had a chance to win there but even to finish sixth whatever um, he was, 18, 19 uh, was absolutely incredible, that was behind Brown and Grace and Louis um, and basically from then on he's been absolutely brilliant um, he's been in the top 10 going into the final round of a tournament a total of 18 times since January 2020.
1: Wow.
0: Um, but he now looks, yeah, I know, it's amazing, isn't it, really? Hmm. And I mean, I'm talking about all levels. I'm talking about yeah. lower level sunshine, etc. Yeah. But nevertheless, he's been top 10. So he had a chance to win 18 times. Hasn't quite done it yet. Now looks a complete picture. He's getting much more used to it. His interviews on European Tour were, were better. He knows what he's doing. Um, he's had a runner up. He's had seven top 10s at to the start of 2022. Um, 23 was great. Uh, 44th in Cape Town, despite the fact that he was 18th going into Sunday uh, and now he's on a run of 17th in Thailand, 13th in India, two tricky tracks and 7th at Kenya, um, which he got in via an invite, I believe, um, or reserve or something like that. Um, and he had a chance, you know, throughout the event to to kick on. Um, we don't have strokes game doesn't really matter um, for his three-hours at uh, this course where he's had, I think, he's played this event twice, hasn't he? And... Uh, one of the Vodacom things in between. He's got uh, six, six, and 10th round the course. He's got four Karen, whatever you want to say it, four McJoe Berg. That ties him up with. Um, I really like the links with see him and Burmeister. I think it's absolutely significant. Um, wherever they've played, Shaper does well at. Um, he's found 13, 14, and 12 shots on the field in Tita Green over his last three outings. If you believe it, it doesn't matter. It's still impressive. We know it's impressive. Um, and I think he's literally just got to knock a couple of putts in. And mm. he has to be right there. I, I yeah. He's going to win. It's just a, it's just what price you take and when
1: he's going to do it. Yeah, I agree firmly with all of that. And like you said, because of the strokes gain data, not knowing how reliable that is, I kind of just looked at traditional ball striking. He was sixth in that, 34th in distance, sixth in driving accuracy, third in greens and regulation. So clearly struck the ball well. And Brad, is it fair to say that maybe seventh yesterday was possibly the worst he could have finished?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, fortunately for Jason, I had a terribly cold putter, um, <laughs> so yeah, was, it, he he was still but, uh, striking the ball uh, really well, as he has done in his last three starts. And it's no surprise that he's shown a liking for St. Francis in the past, because uh, he's grown up playing Lynx golf at a box of Lynx in Benoni, uh, so it should be right up his street. Um, I, I do have my concerns when he's in contention. He should have won. As like Jason said quite a few times, um, especially the Fortress invitation. I was on him that week. Uh, it was his home course back in October. Uh, he really should have won then, but he failed to go over the line. But yeah, having said that, he's a young player, tons of potential. It does feel like he's not far away, and yeah, this could be the week. Got to take him. So the thing, the
1: thing for me that I that was really a factor. Twenty was he twenty one years of age, just or twenty two maybe coming up to. He's a young boy, yeah. Um, and he's played the course three times already. that's not very common for someone of his age to have played an event or a course that many times Mm -hmm. over. And I think just being in the form that he's in, as Jason said, 17th, 13th, 7th, now coming to a course he's played three times already. Um, Yeah, okay, at lower grade, but he's played them nonetheless. Fifth, sixth and 10th is, you know, is absolutely great. So I just think, like you say, you just take him at the price. Uh, If it happens this week, it happens. If it doesn't, I don't feel bad that I took a short price because it's... It is what it is you, you can't expect him to be everyone wants people to be 50 to 1 and they're not going to be so um that's that's very much the the point on the price there uh jason george cozier
0: yeah i mean I, look i i haven't looked through the fields of, of the past years uh, of this tournament but yeah. you know proper home players do very well you know I know it's a stupid thing to say but like louis won it obviously. Um, uh, Van Ruyens won it When he was actually any good um, You know Fisharts won it I know he's gone a bit now But he was a great European tour player. Uh, he was Seen Burmhurst and George Katsia Are the two course winners um, Around here um, For me Katsia I think every time The European tour Sort of goes back to South Africa I just look at George Katsia Yeah And if it's either an event He likes Or a course that I think He'll do well at um, This week's links So I mean for me Katsir calls himself. I would have put Katsir far nearer the front, to be honest with you. Uh, simple. He's downgraded. He returns home, um, and he he wins. When he gets, you know, that's what he does. He goes home. Um, go back to 2020, Mr. Abu and Dubai Desert Classic. Goes home, runs up at the Dubai, finishes 8th Tour Championship. After the 2021 Scottish Open, he goes back to win one of the Vodicom Series Uh 2022. He was in much, much better form. Played solid at Sawgrass, went back and done well its his home tour championship. Um, we drew from the two co-sanctioned tours, Bermuda and Barracuda, through uh, either, whether he was there, could be bothered, uh, the COVID restrictions, whatever it was, doesn't matter. Uh, we drew from them, went home and won another Vodacom event. And then, obviously, he won round here in November 2022.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Portugal, he loves. Portugal for me. Portugal, Qatar. Always ties in with any links to track. Um, Yeah, I mean, last year he played... I think he led all the way here, didn't he? Yeah. Um, And he says that his early errors on his first round were down to a lack of knowledge of the course, taking the wrong club off the tee or playing to the wrong part of the green. Um, If that happened, he still went on and won. He's going to know a lot more this year. Um, I, I, I just... I've, it's just calls himself. I, I, there's another one over on the other side we'll talk about that I think, again, just it's obvious. He just stands there and goes, you've got to pick me because you haven't got a choice. <laughs> um, the only other interesting thing is i, I put him in as first-round leader as well. Um, when he wins, he tends to lead all the way. So, of his last five trophies, he's won four from, uh, from trap to line. Um, and the Portugal victory, he came off uh, top five after the first round. Last week, he had round-by-round positions of two, five, one, three. That'll bring him on nicely but uh, you know i'm also on first round leader uh he's that of course we know he loves he's, links his links he's george cutcia he doesn't give a shit i don't give a shit come on <laughs>
1: yeah no i like it that's <laughs> so, so eloquently but i, I really do enjoy I don't it. Care
0: what other people say i don't really care but yeah go on yeah,
1: yeah G- <laughs> G- georgie is good um i was surprised I was, I was surprised when he was i think he opened up at 33s um and I was surprised mm-hmm. that he was that far away from the favourites at twenty two and twenty five. The the twenty eight is obviously closer. The thirty you can still get. I mean, the thirties were seven places as well, which is which is quite <sighs> extraordinary for a player. Brad, who like Jason says, just keeps repeating form. He's ma- he's made a career out of just winning every time that he, he should has.
2: Do. No, he, I I definitely expected to see him closer to the favourites um, this morning. And yeah, as Jason says, he's just a safe pair of hands in South Africa, isn't he? He's if he, he 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 it's very rarely he doesn't show up. I mean, it was a bit of a surprise, like his last um well, when, when did he last compete in South Africa other than the on the Sunshine Tour? He he didn't show up at the Joburg Open and South African Open at the end of the year, which was obviously a surprise. Um but he's been playing. He's back, he should have won last week. He had the lead going into the back nine and uh surprisingly uh let it slip but that he's dusted off a few cobwebs and he's won here before. I think he's a, a great bet this week. Yeah, I like all of that.
0: I think I think he's the price. He is because he can't be asked. He just if he's like thirtieth at the end of the first round, you he won't bother yeah. lob round, will he? Yeah,
1: no, he yeah. won't. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, I've got a, a direction I didn't anticipate uh, doing so, but Matthew Jordan for me, uh, he he has been underwhelming um in contention. I don't think there's anything we can kind of say to the contrary. He was again yesterday sift going into the final round and um, I mean, he was he was probably the, the funniest tormented player I've ever seen in my life who just he he screwed his hat up and then he wasn't quite content with screwing his hat up. He then pushed it even harder in. Um and I thought God, you are, you really are tough um trying to squeeze that hat harder and harder. Um but he, he was obviously frustrated and, and I do understand it. But for me, uh with Jordan we always talk about the fact that Lynx golf is going to bring the best out of him. It's no surprise played his best golf at the Dunhill Leagues, Portugal Masters, etc. as Jason's kind of already spoken about. And I just think this is the first time in the form that he's in that he's had the opportunity to play a course that really does suit his game. And when you look at his ball striking last week, even with the poor final round, he was 8th in ball striking, 35th in driving distance, 10th in driving accuracy, and 3rd in greens and regulation. So he was, he was hitting the ball incredibly well. Just didn't get it going at any point um on the greens or anything like that and i just think you know top 35 in five of his last six starts he's been in around the, the top 10 in multiple rounds during that time as well now comes to a class as a true links test i think matthew jordan makes a ton of sense jason and i'm assuming you agree
0: yeah i am i find him a, he's so difficult isn't he he's, he's such a pain but i i did look at i did look at the place element of it as well and as you rightly say, conditions are so bang up his street. His pattern was getting better, wasn't it? Mm. Um, but for a good period. So I, I'm prepared to, you know, I'm prepared to, to, to give the last time. And um, Thailand, you know, if anybody missed the cut of Singapore or Thailand, I'm I'm not that bothered really, to be honest. But yeah, as you say, top six going the payday last week. Uh, final hole double bogey meant that he just like collapsed through the field, but that is Matthew Jordan, isn't it? Yeah. And it may take it may take that miraculous final round when you know well nobody is watching are they this week. Um, <laughs> it may take it may take that miraculous final round or just just one of them. Just you know what happens I just thought there was a the price for him. And at fifty I I think the place part pays, so um yeah, you know, he's contended at Qatar, Denmark, Spanish Open Portugal Masters. Um yeah, you know, it's a nod to what he's gonna get here so I thought I'd shove him in.
1: Yep, yeah, that's that's basically how I felt about him. And you've also got two others uh here in Miko Corhan and Tom and You at least want to talk about both, Jason. Oh, do I? Okay. Oh, that looks like it's me anyway. <laughs> I, I, I yeah, I mean
0: Colhonan, who you put up virtually every bloody week, I think. Right mm, yeah? yeah. Right. Um I'm just interested. I mean he's in an, I can't find much about him about about, you know, whether he's injured or whatever. Yeah. But um he's missed eleven cuts in twenty seven outings. But in the 16, his best finishes are Stein City, top 10, Hillside, top 10, Kelting Manor, 15th, Marco Simone 11th and 8th in Portugal. And I think if that's where he's going to turn up, then it's a nod to what he faces this week. Yeah, uh, Yeah. you know, he's got two wins on tour, which I still can't believe he's got two wins. (laughs) Uh, But he absolutely um, uh, waltzed home at the shot clock. He beat Campeo in China. He's interestingly he got a pair of top three finishes at Schwanee, which links him with both uh, Burmaster and Katsia, who've won that event, um, I think, more than once. Um, he's got top 10, 20s at Portugal. He's got the Dutch Open, Belfry, Rocco Forte. Um, and he's got the seventh um, base at the 2017 South African Open, um, which features a leaderboard of links positive players. Um, four missed cuts in 2023. The worst round he's got is 74, and then he followed that with a 68 in Thailand. And all his other rounds have been in the low 70s. So it's not as if he's playing horrendously. It's just conditions maybe are not, you know, what he thinks um, or what suit him. Um, India, he was 67-72. He was second place at halfway. And he finished inside the top 25. It's something to work on going to a, a country that he, he does play well at in conditions that he plays well at. And again, I'm, I'm certainly not expecting him to win. But if he can nick a place along with one of the others, then yeah job done
1: yeah good like that and tom mckibben as well who started the year very well started the season very well in south africa and i'm assuming that with the yeah. with the links element kind of plays into your hands
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what it was I, I actually added him really late I, I i completed what i wanted and then i suddenly looked again and went why am i not on mckibben and i cut my that out why well, i'm not on mckibben so now i'm on mckibben yeah uh you know Singapore is great. I mean, as I say I don't know whether people are going to finish tenth or miss the cut by hundred in Singapore. But uh, he opened there 64 and 69, uh, 25th in Kenya, which I don't think would be his his track personally. Um, St Francis links is given his pedigree and given what he does, um, I would think be miles more up his uh, up his uh, alley. Think, think of it. Thank you. Right. <laughs> uh, his length off the tee, I think, imitates something like Burmester. And he's, he's producing, you know, better than average figures all round. So um, I'm not sure why I didn't put him in the first place. It's it's one of them. It's 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 a bit like Shaper, really. Is You look at the price and you go, I don't know. I think he should be 10 points more, maybe, um, just because he hasn't done it. But equally, it's a massive chance for them to shine. And, uh, yeah, we know McKibben's going to win. Pod tells, tells everybody he's going to win. And I think he's going to win. And I think Brad thinks he's going to win.
1: So <laughs> it's just about when he wins. Yeah, no, I agree with a lot of that. And I think I had a, I had a trouble with whether to go with Hitsasun or, or McKibbin, so I left out both. Um, which, by the way, I was listening to Hitsasun's name on the commentary say now I'm definitely butchering that. that name as well. So what? how is it, Brad? Yeah.
2: I think it's uh, Heisatsune. Heisatsune. That, that, sounds Heisatsune. Like a, that sounds like a pudding.
1: Brad, you can't speak French as well,
2: can you? <laughs> yeah. No, no, not at all. He's, uh, Rickard, he's, I might be butchering it though.
1: He's going he's going one, two, three in a bit and then speaking all sorts of language to us as well. It's uh high <laughs> high satsune. That sounds that sounds like a dish. That doesn't sound like a uh, That's not That's one something. you'd eat though, Tommy. No, definitely not one I'd eat. Not on the special of the day or something. But um yeah, like they're both really high quality players and I think you are there's a lot of players, as you've rightly said about Shay who I'm gonna go about now. Um you're just being asked to take the price because they have a high ceiling and they're playing in a weaker field uh, in good condition. So with that, I'm going to say Casey Jarvis, who you obviously said that um, you wanted slightly more on him or, or, you know, whatever. Five straight top 25 finishes. Uh, he's got ninth and a second in those, both in um, South Africa. Second at his golf course behind gorgeous George uh, in November. So to me, Casey Jarvis, just the way he's playing, the way he you expect him to be potentially as good a shaper and both of them are have, have kind of on similar mm. trajectories and at 50 to 1 I thought it was absolutely fine so if I'm going to take Matthew Jordan at 50 to 1 I might as well take someone else at that range as well to kind of protect myself uh, when the inevitable mm. happens on Sunday so um, yeah I, I'm, I'm quite happy in that range I think this is a really good range and Brad you're going to add another person in here around a 50 to 60 to 1 mark as well
2: yep dan bradbury at 60 to 1. um yeah i was was shocked as everyone was when he won wire to wire at the joburg open on only his third dp world tour start he's been pretty steady since making six or seven um six or seven cuts uh but he hasn't looked like winning again uh he's had about a month off back home in england and he returns this week to south africa where he got his first win i have been following him on social media and he's been keeping busy which is obviously to be expected Shot 61 around Moortown Golf Club. And what I like the most was seeing him play Royal Birkdale last week, which obviously is a proper Lynx test, similar to what we'll see this week at St. Francis. Looks as though he's getting prepped for this one. And he's voiced that he's a lover of Lynx golf, so I find it really tough to get away from him. I've been impressed with what I've been seeing so far. Um, He does look mature beyond his years. High ceiling. And yeah, I'm excited to chance him this week.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think it's, it's, it's the only thing I didn't really know with Bradbury was like because the, the South African event he won not going to be that similar to what we're going to see this week, right? So it's, no, it's whether no. he just likes South Africa and likes links and the two
2: combined. Oh, but actually, what was more bizarre was that was his first... Because I was looking at his amateur record. He yeah. never even never like, played, played amateur there. events no. out in South Africa. So he took a liking to this straight away, his first ever... Uh, amateur slash professional tournament hmm. uh, in South Africa on the DP World Tour not even on the Challenge Tour and he's, he's bloody won it so yeah it was outrageous um, so it just shows really just the quality that he has um, so yeah I think he's going to be a serious player
1: yeah no I like that a lot um, in this range I
2: looked at Wilco
1: That's sort of the first person when I sort of saw that it was yeah. uh, a bit more wide open was why are we not back in Nynaber but I think maybe he just has too many problems on a Sunday that I just can't get over yet, and I've got a couple of 50 that are going to fit that bill for me. I probably don't need another one. Um, and then, as I was talking to Sky on the on the uh, DP World Tour show, as I do, we talked about Oki Stridham. Now, this is a person who's won, what, two of his last six events uh, mm-hmm. on the DP World Tour. Thirty-eight years 38 years of age, obviously, so not... No spring chicken, but first win came in 2019 on the uh, Sunshine Tour. He beat Thriston Lawrence by six strokes. Then last December, beats Ategi by two strokes uh, to win the Alfred Dunhill at home. Then beats Sammy Valamaki by one stroke with a single hall classic. He lost two more uh, events on the Sunshine Tour last year in a playoff as well. I don't know if Oki Stridem's just been overlooked a little bit in the sense that yeah, I
2: think yeah,
1: like hey, look, yeah. Pe- people just don't think that he can carry on doing it, and I completely understand that he's 38 years of age and probably just going for a purple patch. But mm-hmm. second on this golf course, two starts ago, like his two starts ago on this golf course as well. So to me, I think Oki Stridem at 80 to one is probably plenty big enough uh, with the seven places. So. If he's going to carry on this little purple patch of form and and suddenly realise he's good at golf at 38 years of age, then I'm all for it. I mean, it's quite a nice little thing to realise. So, um, yeah, like him at 80 to one. Final pick, breath for you before we move on
2: to the Valspar. Yep. So I'm taking a chance on Bryce Easton. I think 150 to one's best price about at the moment. So yep. He's had three consecutive cuts to start off this year. Um, no No, he had a terrible. Yeah, yeah, he missed. He missed three cuts to start off this year. Uh, then he turned a corner at the last couple of events, tied 37th at the Indian Open, tied 30th last week in Kenya. Um, stats are to, believe, to be believed. He hit the ball superbly two to green um, at Kenya, ranking out 12th in the field. He also hit the most greens, but lost over three strokes on them. So definitely need to improve in that department. Um, he hasn't competed at St. Francis Link as far as I'm aware, but I'll be surprised if it isn't a course that suits his eye, given his pedigree. He grew up um in durban like the east coast south africa and has since moved to southport in the uk two places known for their links golf Uh, he's had a third place finish at the south african open back in 2018 and has five top 10 finishes at this level um so he has mixed it with the at this level so that's good to see it's a long shot um, but given his recent improvement in the last couple of weeks, along with his links background, I'm going to take a chance on him.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. The, the only memory I've got really of Bryce Easton is when we were talking about the Challenge Tour final last year and we were just all making random picks yeah. in it and I just said, I'm going to back Bryce Easton. I didn't go for him and luckily he finished second. I kind of lost, <laughs> lost by one shot um, to Nathan Kimsey. But in that field, interestingly enough, you had Tom McKibben who finished sixth, Nathan Kimsey won it, Jong-un Ko uh, finished fourth. Knapp, uh 10th, so you know, yeah, was, he was mixing it with good company, JC Richie 18th, there was like a lot of players we're going to see this week that potentially we like, he, he was kind of top of the class in that other than Kimsey so um, potentially something there I, I did wonder whether Alejandro Del Rey will prefer it now that we've got uh, some wide open fairways, but otherwise I just kind of stuck to the 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 ones at the top but Jason, any others to add on the SDC Championship before we move on? No, it's a diff- I think it's very difficult is. Yeah, uh,
0: but uh, yeah, you can make a case
1: for most, I suppose. But um, no, nah, I'm done. Cool, excellent. Let's go on to the Balspar Championship then, where we've got Justin Thomas as the 11 to 1 favourite from Jordan Spieth at 12s. We've got Sam Burns at 16s, Matt Fitzpatrick 18s, Keegan Bradley 25, Tommy Fleetwood, Justin Rose 25. Um, and I will leave it there for the time being. Justin Thomas is fundamentally broken on the greens, I think, someone did a close-up of his putting stroke, basically comparing it to Zalatoris, which I don't know um, who's going to be more offended at the moment um, because it, it's not going well for Justin Thomas. Uh, he has obviously got a good course record here, but Brad, I don't suppose we can really be on Justin Thomas at 10-1? No,
2: no, exactly that. He doesn't look like he's, um, he's at it at the moment. There's a, lot, there's a lot going wrong, obviously the putting being the main... Problem, so yeah, easy pass for me. I think Spieth was the one who made the a slight appeal from the top of the market, but I just feel as though he's short enough to to move on. Um, but he's certainly due. So yeah, Spieth would be the one that if, if I was going to take someone right up the top, it would probably be him. But yeah, I, I passed him. in. Yeah,
1: in I felt end. I felt the same way about Spieth, which is really odd when you consider that Sam Burns has won this back to back and and put in a better performance than. Obviously not what Jason was expecting last week, but a lot of people were expecting him, given that he was um, you know, struggling. He played th- He finished 35th in the end, but um, that I thought that was really encouraging considering where he'd been with his game the p- previous two weeks, and I think he was better positioned than that in the first two rounds. He was 20th going into the weekend, so maybe uh, enough of a confidence boost for Sam Burns, but I think when Casey won it two years in a row, then came back and finished 21st on the third year, and I think that's probably... Similar to what we might expect from Burns this year. Mm. Um, Jason, talk to us about Keegan Bradley. Oh, I in, in in the nicest <laughs> in the nicest possible ways that you well, can. That,
0: what I text you is actually what. Um, yeah, that, a quite well-known I, and a columnist
1: calls him. Yeah, I, I do have the explicit thing on here, but I'd rather we didn't use that terminology. No, no,
0: King no, no. I'm just, I just. It's actually what he's named by by, by <laughs> one of my, my more esteemed. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 gamblers and uh, much better writer than I um, <laughs> but I won't reveal who it is on, on air um, yeah Bradley yeah I mean uh, to be honest I was really interested what Burns would go up at because I think he can three-peat to be honest with you hmm.
2: um,
0: but I can't touch him I mean I was on at 75 last week um, as you say he was fifth uh, after round around after round two I can't touch him at sixteen. Mm-hmm. one it's just you needed to see a bit more didn't you yeah um, you needed him to finish um, off so, the yeah. start didn't you so Bradley, who I wouldn't watch even if he was five clear and I was cheering him on because I think he's freaking <laughs> annoying. Um, I think we said this last year, I think. That if Bradley, Billy Horshaw, and I can't remember who it was, Patrick Cantley were in the final three, I just don't think anybody would watch it. I Certainly mean, I, even, I mean it's, yeah. it's,
1: it's quite funny because I think i'm probably the biggest advocate for keegan bradley and billy horshaw because i just like to go against the grain but i've always i don't know if it's just the timing of when i really got into golf but keegan bradley was like i just remember him at my diner and being like really fascinated by how good he was that week uh, and i always used to think that he had clubs too short for him and it turns out they're actually made longer and he, they still look like midgets clubs so i don't know quite what it is yeah, about his golf clubs um but, yeah, I, I like Keegan, anyway. but you go
0: on. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so, yeah, I mean, he's had a mixed bag, but that's 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 Bradley for you, isn't it? Hmm. But he's good stuff. He's very good. Running up to uh, Max Homer at Torrey. Uh, we know that Homer likes proper, proper classic, proper tracks. Yep. That's nothing wrong with that. 20th at Scottsdale, who's 11th after round one. Uh, he's 10th at Bay Hill, where his uh, good opening round was spoiled by a second round 77. Um and just interestingly, in his uh, three most recently completed full field events, he's averaged uh, about 25th for driving, actually 20th for approaches, 16th for Tito Green, and around 26th for putting. <laughs> to be honest with you, you take all the um, elevated or whatever you want to call it, players out, and, and that puts him right bang there. Uh, and on a course that he's been second at, that's great. Um, Sawgrass, he's got a great record. Uh, he's got two top 10s, I think, in the top 20. Hit a 70 to put him into 23rd last week. And then bombed with a, a, a 78. Um, but he led here. I mean, I, you know, th- there's signs there that that when he puts it all together, it, it does happen. And, and there's signs of good tracks, proper tracks, you know. Um, they're, they're not, you know, Bay Hill, Torrey Pines, they're, you know, they're proper, what they call it, what is it, elevated, designated, whatever they want to call it these days. Yeah. Um, they're proper tracks. And, and he's got plenty there. He knows he can play this course. He knows what he's doing. Um, he's, you know, got that. If you like that, that long wait for a win off his back at Zozo um, at the end of last year. And I just thought he, he, apart from one other, which is my next bet, um, I think he just basically says, you know, you've got to put me in. Um, Is it a horrible price? Yeah, it's a bloody horrible price. But if you're going to go 16 Sam Burns, then I think that sort of puts everything else in, in relation. So... It's yeah, just, I'll put
1: Bradley in. It's just the strength of the field, isn't it? I think there's only four players from the top 20 in the field this week. So, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it just is what it is. It's what you're being dealt with, and you just got to... It's almost get over the sticker shock and just, you know, face the facts that these are the most likely players to win, and, and that's why they're the price they are. But um, talk to us about Adam Hadwin as well, because he was someone I was severely tempted with he, this week.
0: He is the one. I think If you're going to have a bet this week, Adam Hadwin's got to be the one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I just think... Right, OK. So Hadwin, there's um, only one here in his PGA career yeah. so far. And when he did, he had a solid run. He, he made cuts. He had a second. I think he was 2.49, 12, 39 34. And he came here. He came in 2018, finished 12th defending after a full sequence of 6 and 9. He missed cuts in 2019 and 2021. Proceeding those efforts were missed cuts. But he played well at the players last year. I think he came finished 9th. And he came back. And a week later, he finished 7th here. So, he only plays well here when he's had a run-up, yeah. um, had, a, had a decent run. So, there we are. You know, this year's made five from six cuts, 18th at the Amex. It's not the Amex, but I can't be last saying the whole thing. 10th at the Phoenix, where he led it halfway, 13th at the Players. Um, and I believe, according to his misses, um, who I don't talk to, it's just on Twitter, <laughs> right, that um, he missed a three-footer to finish in the top 10. Um, his driving action is absolutely fantastic, which would worked well here. His long-haul performance, um, i.e. par fives, has seen him rise to 34th in par five birdies or better. We know that you have to make your score on the par fives around here. Sam Burns, Paul Casey virtually made between 90 and 100% of their score on par fives over the last four years. You might as well not bother going back much further because golf changes so much that four or five years is really... I think as far as you can go and, about,
1: and I think they made changes in 2016 as well. So I think yeah, there's only do. been there's yeah, only been do. the three winners here since the changes. It's been Hadwin Casey and Bird.
0: I mean, you've got you've got the rough is up to three and three quarter inch this year from three inch, I think. Yeah. So his driving actually is going to be incredibly accurate. You know, and if he can score on the par fives, it's basically what you do around here. You score on the par fives, hold on round the rest. Um, yeah. I mean, he's got seventh uh, and 25th at Houston. Which ties on with both Burns and uh, Casey. Eighth at Colonial, which I know you both like yeah. as a as a uh, mm-hmm. relative course. Um, that counts. Both of those winners, speedfan and Kokrak. Um He's got an average bogey rate round here of uh, around seven strokes, uh, around seven bogeys, which is lower than both Burns and Casey. Uh, they're in his careers. So if you take that, if you take his driving, actually, if you take his par five performance. He, and if you take the fact that he repeats former courses all the time, I mm. think he is an absolute stonking bet.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And to be honest, so my first bet was going to be Davis Riley, who's come in to 28-1. to And I probably mm. will still go there for the reasons I'm going to go to in a minute. But it, it, now that he's the price that he is, I think Hadwin starts to look uh, that a little bit much better at 28-1 to again because you know, Phoenix, as you said, you know it's a, it's a big result, really, considering the field that he was in. And just talking about Colonial thing a bit more, Sam, uh, Sam Burns and John Spieth have won both. Sean O'Hare's won here and finished second at Colonial. John Sendon, who has won here and finished second twice, has got three top nines at Colonial. Riley has got a second here and a fourth at Colonial. Kevin Nara and Jason Cook have one Colonial and finished second here. So it definitely feels like the Florida version of Colonial. You've also had... Um, I think five players win uh, at TPC Deer Run and here as well. So there's there's definitely a lot of correlation going well on those sort of things. And when you look at it, four players. So there's four people that have won this multiple times, including Casey and Burns, and they make up eight of the twenty one wins at this golf course. So really, like there's just such a a clear you know repetitive run of form here that. you don't need to look too far away I don't think I don't think you need to get fancy there's obviously going to be people like Gary Woodland won it on his debut like it's going to happen because you can't not but it's definitely good to have a pointer so uh definitely agree on Hadwin uh Brad Justin Rose
2: Yeah, I can't get away from uh, Justin Rose this week. Uh, That's always dangerous, I'll just let you know It is dangerous, because when I back him, it never usually goes well. But here we go again. Uh, He won recently at Pebble Beach, and he continues to impress. He missed two cuts since that win. But, uh, yeah, bounced back last week with sixth-place finish. Stats were really impressive. 18th off the tee, 15th to green, 13th on approach, 14th around the green. Only losing strokes. putting. in. He's clearly a fan of Copperhead, two fifth-place finishes, an eighth, three top 20s, only missing the cut twice from 11 starts. So it's an impressive level of consistency around here. Um, He also had like go to the Colonial League, first and third at the Colonial, which you said was an excellent comp. He's, of course, got his eye on a Ryder Cup spot. And, yeah, given the way he's playing, I, I would be surprised if he isn't involved at this point. And I think another win will probably seal the deal which he's got to be motivated for. So, yeah, I fancy he'll do it this week.
1: Yeah, I I do like Justin Rose. It was weird because, like, I was starting to go off of him, starting to think that Pebble Beach was a bit of a flash in the pan, and then he goes and plays well um, at the players. And I I like seeing Justin Rose back and playing well because it's it's important for for European golf, especially at this time, because of the players we're we're missing from that selection pool, right? So, um, happy to see Justin Rose continue his good form. Uh, Davis Riley, for me, there's probably one place, or well two places, and it's going to be Valspar and Colonial. Um, the fact that, that his two best performances have come those golf courses. He was the 54-hole leader here last year, held on all the way to the playoff and lost to Sam Burns, which I don't think is um, any great shakes. I mean, he did shoot, he like you know, shot 72 on the final day, but that's not a massive surprise, given that it was his first chance to win on the PGA Tour. Uh, we know he is capable of winning he's done it in the past already um, on the Corn Ferry tour so to me we keep keep getting talks about how he's one of the better players um, in the world he just needs to show it I I don't know if I'd quite go that far but as Jason's already said about you know people said the same things about Scotty Scheffler and that he didn't break through this is someone that's got two wins on the Corn Ferry in 2020 he'd only turned pro in 2019 he's already finished 13th in a major championship he's only 26 years of age so happy for him to prove and um, there's still plenty ahead of, him, ahead of him and I'm going to take him at the course where it best suits so that would be here at the Valspar. Justin Sir 35 to 1 11, 11 cuts in a row now he's made um, and he's finished 6th and 5th in two of his last three starts so there wasn't really too much about Sir to say other than you know he had that fifth at the Honda. He's had that sixth of um, the players now, which is huge. Even when it looks like he's having a bit of an off week, he was 40th at Genesis and 24th at Bay Hill. And the 40th at Genesis was actually was 18th going into the final round. 20th at Farmers. I mean, he's actually just behind Rose, Thomas, and Speed in terms of current form. So to me, Justin Sir uh, had to go in at 35 to one as well. I don't love it. I don't love the prices of either of them, but I think it dictates what it is. And Brad, I think you're kind of on board with Riley as well.
2: Yeah, no, I'm on board with Riley. Yeah, going off everything of what you just said, I agree with it. Um, he's just, he's shown flashes of the ball striking we saw last year. And uh, yeah, well, interestingly, I saw that when he when he finished second here last year, the event before, uh, which was at Bay Hill, Arnold Palmer, he shot 70 and 80 to miss the cut. So he's obviously coming off a bad miss cut, similar to what he did last week at the Players, which obviously was his debut. He opened 71 and closed with 77. So he responded extremely well last year. So yeah, I hope we see something similar this time around. As you said, he's got that four-foot colonial. It's going to come to be here or colonial, it seems. Um, but yeah, boasts a decent record in Florida. Putts best on Bermuda. I'll just, yeah, I'll be surprised if he doesn't get that win this year. And I think this is a good spot for him. So yeah, it has to be chanced.
1: Yeah, I, I've, I've put Gary Woodland down. Um, don't want to watch him putt. Unfortunately, this, this will be on the TV at the weekend. So if he's in contention, I will have to see him putt. Um, he is one of the worst putters at the moment, but his ball striking is certainly coming back. And I think when that happens, you kind of have to pay attention to someone like Gary Woodland. he's you know can be the class of the field and people are very frustrated when they back him at 40 50 20 in these fields and he's not uh, but he's just he is volatile so he's he's won here on his debut and then he's finished 29th 8th and 21st since um, when you look at the teed's green efforts his last three made cuts he's finished 17th 7th and 9th in that department and 7th 3rd and 16th Straight's gain approach 9th for the genesis was a strong result um he's not been great since 42nd missed cup 54th but he was handily placed going into the weekend uh, of the players. He was in 20th position. And uh, I, I just think that he can kind of kick that on and go here. Whereas in some of the other courses he's played recently, you can't just get by a uh, strong ball striking. I think he can here to an extent. And I think he can make enough putts um, to contend. You do have to, to be fair. Putting average is really important here. But I just wonder if he can find it on a familiar golf course that he's won on before. So, interested to see how... I mean, I won't be watching it, but how Woodland puts on the greens. Uh, I'll just follow it on a shot tracker to save a little bit of my sanity.
2: <laughs>
1: I then looked at Maverick McNeely just because it was interesting to see him come back last week at the players. And when I looked at the fact that he played well at Colonial on the past, it kind of triggered it. I think he's played well at John Deere as well, but I can't do it. I think there's potentially still some health issues there. Victor Perez, I'm really interested in to see how he goes after we've seen Armour and Memuli in about weeks really impressed so the the top DP yeah. World Tour guys coming over and doing well um, and I may look at adding Perez yet but um, Jason talk to us about Ben Griffin because he, he seems very difficult to kind of ignore at the moment he was third going into the weekend the players last week and didn't quite hold on but 35th was still Admiral
0: yeah we, all, we I think everyone knows the story of Ben Griffin by now yep. he gave up and done alternative uh, uh, alternative business um, other than playing golf And then obviously We know that Brad was on When he was clear at Bermuda
2: yeah. uh, Sorry Brad
0: <laughs> right. um, But it, cer- it certainly caught the eye That sort of thing You know really does catch the eye His interview after was fantastic um, He learnt an awful lot from it um, He finished 2022 You know pretty good Making three cuts uh, Including uh, top lying Top 20 after the opening round at Mycoba He wasn't out of the top 16 at Houston Which I like um, and he was in second place, even though he was ill, um, after the first round of the RSM Classic. And 2023's, you know, just been fantastic. He's made his debut at every course, I think, virtually now. Um, and and that includes, you know, being 32nd... i oh, sorry, 12th at uh, Sony. We well, can read it in front of you. It's on tour tips, isn't it? It's in, whatever, it's probably in the sun or something as well. <laughs> um, 12th at the Sony Open, 32nd at the American Express, just outside top 30 at Torrey, outside top 20 at Honda, 14th at Bay Hill and 35th at players. So, I know, I think there's only one debutant one here in the last 10 years, something like that. But um, he's just been playing really, really well in really tough fields, um, at really tough courses. Um, So, you know, I was interested in looking to see what he does. And like you say, it's it's very hard to look away from him. Um, You know, in the last, uh, he's played seven events this year. Um, In four of them, he's been in the top 10 at some point, whether that's first, second, third round. He's been in the top ten at some point, so he's getting there. He's playing well enough hmm. to, to be in contention in in the top fields. Um, that includes again Torrey, uh, Sawgrass, um, Betfields, and he faces this week. I, I'm happy. I I, I just I, I like him. I mean, clearly wind doesn't really affect him. I know it was a bit mentally windy on the uh, final round of Bermuda, but they learn, don't they? Like like we've like we've discussed, you know, already tonight a couple of times. Scotty Scheffler struggled to win for. A year and a bit, and I'm no way suggesting that Griffin is <laughs> Scott Sheffler. What I am suggesting is that he's putting in performances in proper fields, and now he's downgraded and um, he's scrambling, which is excellent. He's ranked um, second in scrambling for both Bay Hill and Sawgrass. Um, if he can tidy everything up, and with that ability to get up and down, yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I like Ben Griffin. It's
1: he's another one that's gonna win. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just it's just a runner form though, isn't it? For since the start of the year, I mean obviously his best performance and best chance was the Bermuda last year, tail end of last year, but twelfth, thirty second, thirty first, one miss cut and then twenty first, fourteenth, thirty fifth since he's been in Florida. It's just so consistent. And that twelfth was that was the fir- that was the worst he could have been at the Sony. He was fourth, eighth, and ninth after the first three rounds. When he was thirty second at the Amex, he was kind of there or thereabouts a week. Farmers, he was 10th at the halfway stage. Like, it's just, it's a ridiculous run of form from a player that, it's not like we we knew this was coming. This is, like you say, the guy that gave up and was working at a law firm or something like that before. And, you know, all of a sudden, he's playing some really good golf. And it's amazing what confidence can do for you. And the fact that he was third going into the weekend of the players would have given him a huge boost. And no, he didn't hold on, but he wouldn't have been alone in that. Um, There's plenty of players that would have impressed and just didn't quite hang around. So, Absolutely fine with that. Uh, and another player, Jason, that has also been impressed in Florida recently is Eric Cole.
0: Blimey, you lot not get anything under 100. Blimey. No. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm, inter- I'm interested in what you're going to put up there. Uh, yeah, Eric Cole. I mean, you know, there he is, talking point. Qualifies finally after 100 years on the minor league tour. Um, qualifies by coming third at the Corn Ferry Tour Championship. And you know what? He's been great. Um Four missed cuts to start his his official, if you like, PGA Tour career. And from then on, he's only missed two cuts. And and his finishes, his his play is better than his actual finishes. But still, 35th in Houston, top 40 RSM, blah, blah, blah. Again, it's in front of you. Um, Latterly, 15th at Pebble, second at the Honda. We all know what happened. Um, He had a major chance. He only had to get up and down to beat Chris Kirk. Um, But let's not worry about that. He actually did it. He followed on his 15th at Pebble with a second at Honda. Um, Bay Hill he said was just very very difficult and then he, he tried to chase it and it just went all wrong um, and then last week at the players you know where he improved from outside the top 60 halfway his uh, final round of 68 I have got this somewhere so bear with me um, I am his final round yeah so his T Green game through uh, Sawgrass the, the, the hardest course we've played so far this year I think um, you can argue with it if you want. I don't care. Um, he ranked 122nd after round one, 44th, 17th, and eighth over the next three days, and led the overall strokes game total on day four. Um, it's the strongest field that could be assembled. I know we missed a couple of players who were out of it, but you know, that's their fault, not his. Um, and, and I like him. I, I think, you know, it may well. Be, I think we're going to have to jump on him while he's in form, because I think when he goes out of it, he's, he's probably gone. Um, this fellow's won 56 times at the um uh, on the minor tours i mean i've not looked through the fields um, i presume joel damon turned up for a few um, a few <laughs> quid. um but um yeah I, I like it. he's in form he's playing well in really good quality fields and i've put him in as a, i put it i don't expect him to win but i certainly think at around 100 he's therefore a very very good bet for a top 20.
1: yeah no i, I think he i think he certainly can play some, I think. Well, all the time he's in Florida is gonna you know be a, a massive thing, right? And you know, like you say, take what is in the form and if the form goes away, just jump off. You don't have to it's not like you're making a you know, a season commitments these players. You are just ready to jump off when you need to jump off and that's it. Um and I'm absolutely fine in agreement with him um this week. Brad Ryan
2: Gerard.
1: I guess yeah, it's Ryan, Ryan. Girard rather oh, no, it's, Gerard rather than
2: Gerard. Gerard, it is Gerard, for what I've heard in a, a video. Has, has anyone uh, told yeah. him that he's missing an R in his name then? I know. And yeah. also, I get nightmares over Stephen Gerard scoring that 2006 <laughs> equaliser in the 90th minute. So, yeah, hopefully, some good omens rather than bad for a change on <laughs> Gerard. Um, but yeah, former top 100 amateur. He uh, sort of burst on the scene this year, not only on the Corn Ferry Tour, um, but on the top stage of the PGA Tour. Already won on the Canadian Tour. Um, he grabbed his first top five finish on the Corn Tour. He then Monday qualified into the Honda Classic, finished fourth. This then got him into the Puerto Rico Open, where I believe he needed to finish in a three-way or two-way tie for ninth or better to secure a special temporary membership on the PGA Tour for the rest of the season. He finished just short in tied 11th, um, but he has been given a sponsored exemption Exemption, sorry, into the Valsper this week, so that will give him another opportunity to retain his uh, special temporary membership. Uh, I'm not sure what's required this week, but um, 54th, yeah, 54th, Ger- I
1: think I read earlier. Pretty. Is it is it 54th?
2: Yeah. All right, okay. But I, I feel like he can still go better than that. Like I'm not, sh- I, I'm, I'm all aboard the Gerald train basically because he's absolutely flying at the moment. And uh, going off the interviews I've seen, he feels as though this is where he belongs. He seems pretty chilled and not really phased by it all. And yeah, I'm just really liking what I'm seeing. Uh, as you said earlier about um, Griffin, you know it, it only takes a bit of confidence sometimes, and yeah, I'm going to take a chance. He can spring another surprise this week. So yeah, eight places, 125 to one. I think that's fairly big enough in this field.
1: Yeah, I think I think it will be uh, mainly because of just the course itself demands a bit more experience, I guess. But that would that would make a surprise. But certainly talent-wise, you know, all we know at the moment is. That he plays good golf, right? There's, there's nothing else to argue with it, and it's, it's like Ben Griffin. At the moment. all we really know of Ben Griffin is how well he plays now. Um, we don't know what Ben Griffin was like before, and if we did, maybe we wouldn't be so excited about him. But he he is playing great golf, and so is Ryan Gerard or Gerard, I think it definitely is. So um, yeah, who knows? I'm going to tell his parents that he gets his name wrong anyway.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> when we when I said I didn't have anyone else over or under 101 i don't have got anyone else over either it's a bit of a week where i think i just like the top and that's about it Or well, a couple from the top i don't i think there is a potential for a, a long shot to win here definitely it's that type of event and that type of course but trying to pick one in the form that some of these people are in uh in the kind of course fit that they're not uh is very very difficult so I'm not going to get too uh hung up in the in the latter stages I did like Murth. I thought Lingmuth was playing some good golf uh, Ben's obviously put him up which is why he's coming from the 100s to the 80s and rightly so don't really know if Akshay Batia needs something different to this I, I know obviously people want to bet him but I don't know that this tough tight classical test is really Batia's thing where we can just give it a whack and, and hope for the best so um, I think I'm probably done there's not I mean, if we're talking about people like Ryan Gerard, are we talking about Pearson Coody as well? 100 to 1, I don't know.
2: Ludwig Berg as well. Ludwig Berg, yeah.
1: There's... Maybe it's just those type of tournaments, but again, I've probably done my share of I'm backing high potential people in crap fields because I don't know who else to back and probably mm-hmm. don't want to just keep wasting money doing it um so yeah i think that's probably me done for now uh not too excited from a betting prospect i, I always really like watching the Valspar bar is one thing i would say um I, I really like the golf course and you know the things to it but i think i'm pretty much happy with the kind of three from the top and, and maybe looking at uh, victor Perez as well so unless anyone else has got anything i will probably start summarizing our picks no i'm all good chase anything
0: no, I, else I, no i had a long list but um They've failed on one thing or the other. One of them's bound to win. And just say, if you listen to again, Brad's bit about Stephen Gerrard sounded like a half-man, half-biscuit lyric
1: for those who are of a a certain age and quality-tasting music. That is, uh, yeah, that's going to be it's gonna be beyond me and Brad again, isn't it? So, um, yeah. you know, we, we, we'll just chuckle because we know it's, it. not
0: it's, it's not an
1: insult. It's not an insult. No, no, I'm sure it's hilarious. And so that's why uh, we always just like chuckle along because we know it should be funny. We just don't know why. Um, <laughs> so that, that, that's why we're doing that. Um, and on that note, I'm going to summarise our picks. So Jaden Shaper, for me, uh, 25 to 1. Also going Matthew Jordan at 50 to 1. Casey Jarvis at 50 to 1 jj cynical um did i speak about jj cynical i think
2: you did i know
1: okay right so people that have made it this far are going to get the reason why i like jj Senecal. um so he has won on this golf course back in 2013 he's uh, won recently the sdc open and he's been 14th sixth and third either side of that win as well and when we look at the South Africa links, Brad, you mentioned Humoured earlier. He's also been third recently at the Nelson Mandela Bay Championship. Um, mm-hmm. And that's probably regarded as maybe the cl- most classical links test in South Africa. So, bonus feature for the people that actually listen to the end is that I actually gave you one nice. of my picks I didn't give you earlier, uh, which is JJ Senecal. So, I'll start again. Jaden Trey Shaper, 25 to 1. Matthew Jordan, 50 to 1. Casey Jarvis, 50 to 1. JJ Senecal 60 to 1. And Oki Strider, 80 to 1 for me in the SDC Championship. Brad, your picks in the SDC Championship, please?
2: Yep, I've gone Jaden Shaper, 25 to 1. If it's six places, Sky Bet is the best price about the minute. Uh, I've gone Dan Bradbury, 60 to 1. The brooks is the best price. You can boost that to 70 to 1 if you have that available, seven places. And then I've gone Bryce Easton as a long shot, 150 to one. Sky Bet six places.
1: And Jason, your picks in the SDC Championship, please. Yeah, I thought you was just being cynical.
0: <laughs> South Africa, James Schaefer, because he's lost the tray. Um, George Cousier, uh Matt Jordan, uh, Miko Pahuan and Tom Kibby.
1: Yeah, Valspar very boring for me. Davis Riley at 28 to one. Justin Sir 35 to one. Uh, Gary Woodland 45 to 1 reluctantly, and I want to do something with of Perez, but I don't know what yet. Um, Brad, your picks in the vows, please.
2: I've gone Justin Rose, I think 25 to 1 is the Best, oh, he's come in a bit now. I think he's 20. Yeah, you still get 25 can to one, get bet 25, yeah. Places, yeah, or 22 to one, eight places. Uh, Davis Riley can get 28 to one, or he can get 30 to one, five places, eight, eight, sport, whichever you prefer. And then Ryan Gerard, uh, 125 to one, Sky, bet, eight places. I've
1: even got you saying Gerard now rather
2: than Gerard. That is the correct way of pronouncing it. Uh,
1: Jason, you uh, <laughs> Jason, your first Sport championship, pitch, please,
0: yeah, Bradley Keegan. Uh, Adam Hadwin <laughs> Ben Griffin and Eric Cole If
1: if someone comes at the end of it Say you didn't tip Keegan Bradley You tip Bradley Keegan And therefore I didn't bet on them uh, we'll, yeah. we'll be in trouble But, um, yeah. hopefully but
0: no, Hadwin's, Hadwin's the
1: better week for me Had, Hadwin Adam uh, Is definitely the better of the week oh, but, that's, uh, a nice, that's nice Actually I like that name Hadwin Hadwin, Hadwin. Adam That's go. good Yeah that's nice Yeah There we go. Let's go. I'll go and speak to Shun about naming our firstborn Hadwin.